0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of a gospel, not of legalism, but of grace. The majority
1: of churches, Protestant churches, didn't want anything to do with the long hair, bell bottom dirty-feet hippies. You can't be saved if you leave your hair long. You can't be saved if you have bell-bottoms. You can't be saved if you still wear those beads. Oh, really? And they missed out because all these hippies are now yuppie pastors.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Disagreements among church members are nothing new or even unusual. But today, Pastor Xavier presents a debate that resulted in the watershed for the gospel with respect to the Gentile believers. We'll be continuing our intriguing look at a debate that occurred between the Pharisees and the Apostles over the significance of the Law of Moses with respect to salvation through grace. It's a lesson that defines the simple truths of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. In the message
1: entitled The Gentiles and
0: Circumcision, we want to
1: look at the problem that arose at Antioch here over circumcision for the Gentiles to be saved. This is the context. There are three progressive movements here that develop the account of the First Church Council over circumcision. They are as follows First, the conflict over circumcision, verse 1 through 5. Second, you have the council over circumcision, verse 6 through 18. And then third, you have the conclusion over circumcision, verse 19 through 31. The conflict, the council, the conclusion. Notice in verse 1, the conflict was introduced at Antioch. The instigators of legalism uh, were Jews. They were Jews from Judea who were teaching the Christians at Antioch at that time. Remember, Paul and Barnabas were there. Antioch had become the missionary outreach center to the world through the teaching of Paul and Barnabas. This goes back to chapter 11, 19 through 26. They were there. So these were born again. Notice they were teaching that circumcision was required for salvation. This is the key. The covenant of circumcision was given to Abraham, as you know, back in Genesis, but it was after the promise. It was a seal of the promise. That's all it was. Okay? Abraham received that promise while being uncircumcised. Circumcision was an outward sign of what had already happened in his heart, and the Jews then required of proselytes those who came fully to be completely embracing the Jewish faith. Those who fell short of circumcision were proselytes of the gate or god fears. That's all. We've gone through this before. But in Galatians 6.13, which you have to tie with this here because they tie together, Paul told the Galatians that these Judaizers wanted them to be circumcised to boast in their flesh. Because chapter 2 of Galatians, we'll see, is the same account that we find here. Now, people always want to make you their disciples instead of the disciple of Jesus Christ. They'll say, well, Jesus is okay, but you need to do this. Well, show me a scripture. And they usually can show you some scripture, but it's usually out of context to bring into legalistic form of life. The event is described for us by Paul in chapter Galatians, chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. He speaks about it there. The account of Paul rebukes Peter publicly from verse 11 on down in chapter 2 of Galatians. And it's not about circumcision. It's about food. Because he was eating pork chops with the Gentile and then some Jews came and he kind of scurried over to the kosher table. And so Paul got in his face. That happened after this council which made him a bigger hypocrite. Peter was told by God never to call anything common who God had cleansed as he sent to the house of Cornelius, right? Now notice verse 2. The conflict was with Paul and Barnabas. The disagreement with these men was very serious matter. Mark it well. Luke describes it as Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension in dispute with them. The word dissension means sedition, insurrection. The idea is one of rebellion against the present authority. What's the present authority? Not Paul and Barnabas. The gospel. The gospel. This became a big crisis. The expression is no small stir. When it says that, it means it's a big deal. It is grave. Notice the conflict was joined by the Pharisees. In verse five, the Pharisees were Christians, no doubt about it. They were religious legalists in the days of Jesus. This group had been born again, the perfect participle in the Greek. In the case, they were believers, but they were hanging on to some old things, just like you and everybody else. If we're not careful, we try to drag in our traditions, our culture, or our dumb opinions into the gospel. Leave them out. They declared. It is necessary to circumcise them. They understood Christianity to be an extension of Judaism. A great error. They declared they needed to command them to keep the law of Moses. They failed to recognize that the law condemned man didn't save him. The law was added to the promise. Not the reverse. Galatians 3.19. And Paul makes this very clear through Romans. Specifically chapter 3 and 4. You know in South America most of the South American countries. If a pastor doesn't wear a tie and a suit, they don't believe he's anointed of God. The anointing of God cannot be upon him. Now you and I may laugh and chuckle at that, but they're dead serious. These are traditional things that get brought in as legalism. Or if you're a Christian and you walk into a service with shorts on, they think you, you can't be a Christian. All this trapping that comes in, that we place upon people, the conflict of circumcision can take many different forms today. And notice, secondly, we have the council over circumcision. Peter rose, declared how God had chosen him to preach the gospel to the house of Cornelius. So, there's been a long time. A lot of Gentiles have been being saved. Jesus told Peter in Acts 10, 15, Whatever God has cleansed, don't ever call common. Look at verse 13. The council heard the application of James. in verse 13 and 14 James declares how Peter has stated that God visited the Gentiles first to take out what? a people for his name. They became silent by the evidence of God's work among the Gentiles in verse 13. The phrase "people for His name was unique of Israel till now. Now it's to the Gentiles. they are the people of God also. Exodus 19:5 for Israel, First Peter 2:10 for the church. James declares God, after choosing the Gentiles, in verse 16, will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. James understood the promise referred to Jesus in fulfillment of both. By quoting Amos 9, 11 through 12. He would save first the Gentiles, and then when he comes back with his church in the millennial kingdom, he will restore the tabernacle of David. And many Gentiles will enter the kingdom. I think of the um, legalism of individuals through the Jesus' movement. The late 60s, early 70s. The majority of churches, Protestant churches, didn't want anything to do with the long hair, pill-popping, bell-bottom, dirty feet hippies. But there was a man who, God touches heart, Pastor Chuck Smith... And he opened up the doors to the hippies. See, the hippies had a right message. Peace and love. Their source was wrong. Their source was drugs and sex. But Jesus took that and turned it around. Gave them the right message. Peace and love through Jesus Christ. And even some of the board got a little upset. Because if you know the original Calvary Chapel there, when they first put it in, they had that shag green carpet. You have to break it up, break it up, make it stand up. And they were concerned that these guys might dirty the carpet. Well, Pastor Chuck Smith said, well, take out the carpet. All these denominations thought, you can't be saved if you leave your hair long. You can't be saved if, if, if you have bell bottoms. You can't be saved if you still wear those beads. Oh, really? And they missed out. Because all these hippies are now yuppie pastors. <laughs> Amazing. God's grace. Huh? Some churches think they are um, very progressive and culturally relative today. In fact, they strive to be so. Churches allow the congregation to have open discussion as to what is allowed as doctrine and what is not. Or what is doctrine and what is not. Ooh. Other churches interpret scripture by open discussion based on their human reasoning and logic. Rather than the word of God. The seeker-friendly churches. Wanting to be culturally relative, provide a church according to the people's desires, you know. They canvass the neighborhood, pass out flyers, ask questions, and they ask questions of people. What kind of church would they attend? The majority of them who are attracted to this, 20 to 30 years of age. And um, here they're asking the majority of these people are are unchurched. Uh, Most of them are lost. And they're giving uh, these answers to a church that they would feel comfortable attending. What would they want to hear? And so, you know, it's like a father asking a son, what, 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 what kind of father do you want me to be? And it's because, oh, that you let me out stay all night and, you know, I'll get beer for me and this and that. Okay, I'll do all that. And the father would do it. What kind of father would we say he is? Who's the father? Who's the child? Who's the shepherd? Who's the sheep? They ask um, the subjects and topics that people would be interested in to hear and those they would not. Well, of course, um, they don't want to hear topics about fornication, adultery, drunkenness, repentance, sin, um, hell, Satan, ooh, none of that stuff. (laughs) Um, But they do want to hear positive things about human potential and motivational sermons and to trust themselves and and the goodness of man and how we can work and how we can feel good together and how we can just uh, love one another. Uh, Whenever you push love at the expense of doctrine your love is perverted it's unbiblical you be real careful and certainly they don't have verse by verse exposition through the Bible because you'd have to touch fornication adultery and all that kind of stuff in fact you don't even have to carry a Bible and they don't carry a Bible the majority of them to church pretty scary the people were asked the type of atmosphere they would like to have in a church that they would attend. So it's almost like Starbucks kind, you know, they just sit back with their feet up and drinking coffee. And, yeah, it's pretty good. I like that. Now, we're real informal as Calvary chapels. We don't think you have to wear a suit and anything else. And, but when it comes to the Word of God, we give attention and reverence to God. The emerging church teaches that the life of Christ is only an example to follow, not atoning for sins of the world. I can give you quote after quote. Get the book, Faith Undone by Roger Oakland. You see, the Emergent Church speaks about the Christ that's a cosmic Christ. It's not the personal Savior. The council over circumcision was in favor of grace. Grace according to the gospel. You understand? It's defined by the word of God. And so we have the conclusion over circumcision, nineteen to thirty-one. Nineteen to twenty-one, the decree of the council came by the mouth of James. And nineteen, the Jewish Christians were not to trouble the Gentiles who were what turning to God. The personal pronoun "I" is emphatic, representing again the head authority of the church, James, right here. The judgment was based on the fact of the gospel of grace through the word of wisdom here as the Holy Spirit gives to the representative of the church James they were to literally stop annoying the gentiles it was unscriptural it was unloving these were christians they were bugging them legalist verse 20 the gentiles would be given a letter of the council decree to observe only four things the first two would affect the relationship with God. And these two are like the two tables of the law. The first table of the law and Ten Commandments, your vertical relationship with God. The second one, with man, the horizontal. These follow the same thing. The first two, the vertical. Listen. From things polluted to idols, meats offered in sacrifice, they worship demons. Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10 deal with all that. Okay? You worship those things, you're out of luck. You don't have anything to do with God. They were sold in the butcher shop. Paul says, listen, you're a Christian now. Don't ask if it was sacrificed. Just buy it, eat it. That's it. And if you stumble by it, don't eat it, fine. But don't be legalistic and force it upon others. Sex is the next thing. From sexual immorality. porneia, This describes any and every sexual activity before marriage and in addition to marriage. It can be Sexual intercourse It can be petting It can be whatever it is Pornea is a very wide word So he's saying These things you used to do You don't do no more as a Christian These two things will keep you away from God The vertical The second two Would affect the relationship with man The horizontal From things strangled This is meat that have not been thoroughly bled When killed Leviticus 3.17, 7.26 And many other areas they do it sometimes in rituals, and in, in the, uh, the dedication to their idols. In Mexico City, they go to the bullfights and all that. They cut the bull over right there. They give you a cup of nice warm blood and you drink it. And they think it's just good for you, virility and all that. Uh, the bull is all diseased. You get it too. You understand? It's real simple. Look at 21. So you have the vertical and the horizontal. These two on each one will keep you from what it's saying there. In verse 21, the Jewish synagogue had taught the law regarding these ordinances and would continue as Jews. James was not saying Jews should live under the law and not Gentiles. That's not what he's saying. James was saying that if a Jewish Christian wanted to keep some of these rituals, they were free to do so. But not to require them for salvation. James was also saying to the Gentile Christians, they must not judge the freedom of the Christian Jew. You understand? It's like Paul says about meat and vegetables, right? Now look at 22 through 29. The decree of the council was to be delivered to the Gentiles. In 22, the action was taken to reveal the decree was accepted by all unanimously. It pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church. In 22, the church did not vote on it, there was no voting. We don't vote on things. The church accepted the decree of the elders and the apostles. And they were to communicate the authenticity and authority of the letter and to demonstrate the church's oneness in Christ Jesus. The middle wall of partition broken down in Ephesians two fourteen through 16. Then the letter regarding the decree was sent to all in verse 23 through 29. In 23, the Christian Jews created the Christian Gentiles as one uh, by the term brethren. They wrote the letter to them, the apostles and elders and the brethren, to the brethren who are the Gentiles, Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, greetings. That's a common bond, brethren. In verse 24, they cleared themselves by stating they did not give authority to those who compelled them to be circumcised or commanded to keep the law. Since we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls, saying you must be circumcised to keep the law, to whom we gave no commandment. They cleared themselves. Look at 25 through 27. They wanted them to know. Their oneness and the decree. And the man being sent. At the top of the list is Barnabas and Paul here. Honored for their uncompromising stance. With the gospel of grace and with the Gentiles. He says it seems good to us. Being assembled with one accord. To send chosen men to you with our beloved. What? Barnabas and Paul. Their love for the Gentiles being evident by risking their lives. In the first journey. And still continuing. Evident by the. Perfect participle in the Greek. Men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in verse 26. Without doubt, they had gone through the whole persecution and the stoning of Paul and everything else. And then in 27, they named two leading Christians from the Jerusalem uh, church to verify the decree. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas who will also report the same thing from their mouth. the law, two or three witnesses. Look at 28 and 29. They wanted the Gentiles to know the decision was from God, not man. This is the key verse, 28. This is the key verse. Listen. The elders and apostles came to the decision by the Holy Spirit. For it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us, us come second, to lay upon them no greater burden than at any time by the present infinitive here than these necessary things. Not only not lay a great burden, but at any time thereafter. The Holy Spirit gave a word of wisdom in the meeting. Declared it. The comforter would guide them into all truth, Jesus said. John sixteen thirteen. Now notice there are 29. The particulars are mere summary of the discussion of the decision here. Without concern for the exact order stated previously of the council. That you abstain from the things offered to idols. From blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourself from these, you will do what? Well, farewell. Therefore the decree reached... Antioch in verse 30 and 31. Their mission had been accomplished. So when they were sent off, they came to Antioch. Their message was delivered. And when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. And the response was elation. When they had read it, they rejoiced over its encouragement. The church of Antioch was the place of the original conflict and became the watershed for all Gentiles. This is a watershed. This stands against any and every person or thing that would come and want to add itself to anybody for salvation. It's Christ and Christ alone. Amazing grace is a song that should be forever ingrained in our minds and hearts. Let's save the wretch like me. Amazing grace. Nothing but grace. Every believer needs to be careful to not allow anything to be mixed with the gospel of grace for salvation. Otherwise, it's not the gospel of grace. Mysticism seeks spiritual experience through whatever means to experience a God encounter, often with special knowledge. Vainly puffed up, Colossians two eighteen says. Oh, but I saw angels, I did this and all that. Where, where is it in the scripture? Asceticism, the practice of denying oneself food, drink, or comfort to become more spiritual. Listen, you can beat your flesh all you want, you'll still be carnal. Colossians two twenty and 23. See not, touch not, taste not. These things perish with the using. They don't make you spiritual. Legalism, an attempt to impose certain practices, rituals, prohibitions of dress or makeup or anything else, is if that's going to make you righteous or determine that you are saved. No. The true circumcision is always of the heart. Deuteronomy 36. Jeremiah 4.4. 4. Paul touches on the circumcision of the heart in Romans 2.25-29. Colossians 2.9 and 10. You're complete in Him. In Him dwells a sum total of deity. The nature of the church never changes. The church is an organism, not an organization. The church is subject, subject to Christ. He is the head of the church. He guides us through his word. The Holy Spirit is the agent to carry out the ministry of the church, through the church. The church is to preach repentance in the name of Jesus. And he alone adds daily, such as are being saved, as we've seen in the book of Acts. The church is described by many metaphors, but the one that is so unique and so intimate is the bride of Christ. A very living, loving, and faithful union and faithfulness to only one. Jesus Christ, Ephesians 5, 24 through 27. And so the responsibility of both pastor and parishioner, the people of God, is to abide and to grow in the grace of God, the gospel of grace. Trusting the atoning work of Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Trusting that I am as close to God as I will ever be as a Christian in Christ. I can't do anything to get closer. Trusting that only God... Can forgive my sin. I can do nothing about my sin. Except trust him. Who died in place for my sin. The gospel of grace. Hebrews 13.9 says. Do not be carried about. With various strange doctrines. For it is good. That the heart be established. By grace. Not with foods. Which have no profit. Those who have been occupied with them. And you can add anything else. The conclusion over circumcision was salvation by grace. Ladies and gentlemen, the first church council over circumcision gave a clear decree. The conflict over circumcision was opposed to grace. The council over circumcision was in favor of grace. And the conclusion over circumcision was the salvation by grace. This is a critical time in church history. It's been stamped, here's your law book, if you will, as a lawyer, against everything comes against Christ. So may God set us free in Him alone,
0: nothing else. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Pastor Xavier Reese submitting the conclusion of the debate over legalism from Acts chapter 15. Now copies of today's study titled The Gentiles and Circumcision are available on CD for just four dollars and this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Now once again the title to ask for is The Gentiles and Circumcision or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address, once again, is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And tell a friend to join us for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese right here next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California